What's going on guys? You know the vibes. Another edition of SFS Daily on this Friday, May 21st morning. As always, I'm Matias Wallman. We got a lot to get into. And as we have every day this week, we're going to start with the NBA play-in. We had our last game in the East yesterday. Pacers versus Wizards. The winner of that one would get the number 8 seed. And this one was close for maybe the first... 15 minutes of game time, and after that, it was a wash. The Wizards, a strong 142-115 victory over the Pacers. They end up not winning by 30, but I believe at one point the highest margin for the lead was 32 for the Wizards. Absolutely just wiping the floor with the Pacers, who of course finish their season in disappointment. So we're going to get into a couple of questions we had in this one. Honestly, it really just came down to, were Westbrook and Beal going to be healthy. I told you guys I thought there was too much firepower in the backcourt between those two for the Pacers to handle, and I just didn't think they matched up especially well. That ended up being the case. Let me let me read you something crazy here, and I apologize if there's a lot of background noise. I guess the Gardeners have decided to wait until SFS Daily started recording to mow uh, you know, the, our neighbor's lawn. Um, so Russell Westbrook has played three games against the Pacers this season. He has averaged 27 points 18 assists and 20 rebounds against them in three games. That's his averages in three games. 27 points, 18 assists, 20 rebounds. That's absolutely absurd. He had 18, 15, and 8 yesterday. That's 15 assists, 8 rebounds. I mean, he was just attacking. That, that That's what the Russell Westbrook we expected to see against the Celtics. He came out to play yesterday. Relentless attacking, just putting his head down like a, like a bulldog, just going right at the dish. And the Pacers had no answer for him. Bradley Beal looked a lot more comfortable yesterday. He said he felt the same, but he finished with 25 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. He looked like he had a lot more lift on his shot. That was the big difference I noticed, and he had a lot more energy. Looked more like the Bradley Beal of the second half of that game against the Celtics than the first half. He just really didn't look good. Every part of the Wizards just dominated yesterday. They stopped Sabonis. He finished with a triple-double, but he also fouled out in the fourth, and they completely limited him. There was nothing really there. Gafford had five blocks in the first half. Robin Lopez came in for like four or five minutes and had like three hook shots. They did what they had to do down low against Sabonis. They didn't allow anyone else to really beat them off the dribble, which is an issue without Karis LeVert. Um, and again, no TJ Warren for the Wizard, for the uh, Pacers all season long. And then the backcourt was just too much for the Wizards, who pick up an easy dub, 142 to 115. So they get the 8 seed. They'll face the 76ers. And need I remind you, Joel Embiid and Russell Westbrook do not like each other. So that's going to be a really fun series. We'll move now to Wizards and Grizzlies, who will be fighting for the 8th seed in the West as we finish out the play-in today. This is a repeat of a game from last Saturday in which the Warriors won by double digits and Steph went for 40-plus. So, you know, it's not really rocket science here. It's how do you stop Steph Curry? Um, Dylan Brooks ended up fouling out with six minutes left in the fourth quarter and then the game kind of changed completely from there. And we saw what Dylan Brooks did against the Spurs uh, just a couple of days ago. He's going to be the key here. He had a really good game offensively, but it's going to come down to what he can do on the defensive end against Steph Curry. And then if you're the Grizzlies too, you want to attack down low more and more. If you have to give the ball to Jonas, Val to Jonas Valanciunas every single possession and have him attack, hell, just do that. He had 29-6 and six against the Warriors in their last game. He had 23-23 and 23 against the Spurs a couple of days ago. He's been their best player the last couple of games. And then finally, they need an A game from John Morant. I mean, there's really just no way 
that you can beat around the bush. Uh, John Morant is their best player offensively. Uh, he hasn't really been the same since he came back from that ankle injury, although it's been a while now in the season. But he needs to play well, and especially he needs to shoot the ball a lot better. When they played the Warriors, he shot one of six. They're going to go under on him every single time because they're so undermanned down low and they won't be able to stop Jonas. John Morant needs to be able to shoot the ball well or he needs to be able to create for other teammates. Uh, a good game from Kyle Anderson would certainly help too. I really wanted to pick the Grizzlies in this game just because it is hard to beat a team twice in a one-week span, but I'm going to go with the Warriors in the end. I think Steph Curry goes nuclear again. I hope we see like a 60 game from Steph tonight. We'll get to the playoffs now because those start over the weekend. I'll give you some predictions of what I think is going to happen. So I'm going to pick the Jazz over the Warriors, regardless of who wins tonight. I'm still picking the Jazz over them. I have the Lakers over the Suns. I think just the size of the Lakers is going to be a little too much for an inexperienced Suns team outside of Chris Paul. Um, the Lakers defense really going to be tested, though, against Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And really good backcourt production there. Obviously, Caruso is going to have his hands full. KCP and Dennis Schroeder are going to have to have a really good series. I'm picking the Clippers over the Mavs for the second straight season and the Nuggets over Portland to round out the first round. Then I have the Clippers over the Jazz. And look, the Jazz weakness is their size on the perimeter. Um, and especially if Serge Ibaka is healthy and he can shoot the ball and kind of stretch the floor a little bit, that takes Rudy Gobert out of the paint. We know he's been run off the floor in the playoffs when he can't defend in the paint the whole time. I'm picking the Clippers over the Jazz there and have the Lakers over the Nuggets, who I think will just be fighting just a little too much uphill without Jamal Murray. Then I have the Clippers over the Lakers in the Western Conference Final because why not? I think we just see like an all-time series um, between those two. It goes seven. Ultimately, the Clippers end up beating the Lakers. Over in the East, I have the Sixers over the Wizards. I don't think that'll be much competition. I have the Hawks over the Knicks because I'm a hater and I really just want to piss off every Knicks fan out there. Um, I think it'll be close. I think there's a very real world where the Knicks do win that, but I think Trey Young is just going to get really hot. Um, and I think I'm just going to trust that Hawks offense just a little bit more. Uh, Trey Young struggled a lot against the Knicks in their meetings this season. I think he'll figure something out here. I have the Bucks over the Heat, and they get their revenge from last season. I have the Nets over the Celtics in the first round. That really rounds it out there. Uh, then I have the Sixers over the Hawks with relative ease, and I have the Nets over the Bucks in what I think could be an all-time series as well and then it just gets even better next round i have the nets over the sixers so in my finals right now i have the nets over the clippers in call it six games this will probably change eight or nine times over the next hour or so but this is my preliminary uh, predictions for the playoffs over to the WNBA. i've been waiting to use this pun since we started sfs daily just one game to report on it was seattle storming uh, see what i did there storming back after being down 19 against the Lynx, 90-78 to the final score as the Lynx fall to 0-3 and Seattle improves to 2-1. This is their first game against a team not named the Aces. They scored 37 points in the fourth quarter, did Seattle, to storm back. I mean, you're down 19 and you end up winning by 12. That's absurd. Uh, today's games, we have a couple to report on. The Dream at 0-2, taking on the Fever at 0-3. So someone's got to win their first game there. The Liberty try to stay perfect at 3-0, they'll take on the Mystics, who are still winless at 0-2. And the last game is the best one, the Sun at 3-0, taking on the Mercury, who are 2-1. And, and sorry, I forgot one other game, the Sparks at 0-1 and the Aces at 1-1. A couple of really good games to watch this weekend on Sunday. The Liberty, who are 3-0 as of right now, and the Sky, who are 2-0, 
will be locking horns. And then the Sun, who are undefeated at 3-0, taking on the Aces, who are 1-1. Over to the diamond with Major League Baseball. Fortunately, this time we don't have enough off the field to talk about. It's all on the field. Don't have to talk about those damn unwritten rules. Albert Pujols last night hitting his first home run as a Dodger, number 668. And hey, Albert, only 28 to go to pass A-Rod now for fourth all-time, which obviously he will not reach as it's his last season. But still nice to see Pujols hitting his first home run as a Dodger. This is a really fun fact. I found yesterday on MLB.com. So remember on Tuesday I told you about uh, the Detroit Tigers, Spencer Turnbull throwing that no-hitter against Seattle. Second time Seattle was no-hit this season. That was the ninth time that Corey Seager, who's the third baseman for Mariners and has been for a long time, had been on the field for a no-hitter. The ninth time his se- the ninth time in his career that he has been no-hit, which can't feel good. And actually the stats brought back that He's now tied for second all-time for being on the field and being no-hit. So he's tied with Reggie Jackson and Felipe Alou, which are really good names to be you know, in company with. That's second all-time. Burt Campanaris from the A's has 11. That's getting no-hit 11 times. I can't feel good. You have to start to think it's really you at that point. Um, and the last couple things, the Giants winning their fifth straight game yesterday, just demolishing the Reds 19-4 to to pick up the three-game sweep. And the Giants, the best team in baseball right now. I don't think anyone really saw that coming before this season. A couple series to watch for this weekend, the White Sox and the Yankees, the Cubs and the Cardinals, and the Dodgers and the Giants. Of course, Dodgers, Giants, and Cubs, Cardinals, also big divisional rounds. Those six teams amongst the upper echelon in baseball this season. Results from last night from the NHL playoffs. The Panthers, a 6-5 victory over the Lightning in OT to cut into their series lead 2-1 Do the Lightning lead. The Penguins, a 5-4 thrilling victory over the Islanders, 2-1. That's probably been my favorite series so far in this one. Also, the Bruins Capitals has been a good one. Canadians, a 2-1 win over the Maple Leafs, 1-0. But John Tavares taking a nasty hit in the first period. He went to the hospital that night. Taking a knee to the head. It was terrifying to see. Hopefully, he's okay. The concern there, but the Canadians end up winning 2-1. to one. The shorthand goal ends up being the difference. And the Golden Knights, a strong 5-2 showing against the Wild to go up 2-1 to one and win their second straight in the series. Four games for tonight. The Capitals and Bruins kicking things off at 6.30 Eastern time. The Bruins a 2-1 series lead as of right now. The Hurricanes and the Predators with the Hurricanes a 2-0 series lead. Jets Oilers get their second game of the series started with the Jets having won the first game and the Avalanche and the Blues will round things off in the evening hours. The Avalanche trying to move to 3-0 in their series. And a couple of my favorite things that I saw yesterday. This one, a quick one. The Dodgers, not only did they get that home run from Albert Pujols, his first in that uniform, but also when Josh Reddick, who was with the Astros with the sign-stealing controversy, started playing I Saw the Sign the song when Josh Reddick came up to bat and you can hear the announcers just dying of laughter because they realize what's going on. But my real favorite thing I saw last night was the Palm Beach Cardinals, the Class A affiliate for the St. Louis Cardinals. So Jacob deGrom had been dealing with side tightness. So he went down and threw his rehab start and it was against the Palm Beach Cardinals and they only knew on like 24 hour notice. So their Twitter announcing Please, someone send help. We have to face Jacob DeGrom today. Um, Their first tweet was, DeGrom is throwing 102. Someone please send help. And it was just hilarious 
seeing them try to fight against the best pitcher on the planet and the two-time Cy Young Award winner. It, it, it was just really funny. Uh, people tweeting out them saying, hey, maybe learn how to hit a fastball. And they go, we're trying, Kevin. There were eight players born after 2000, which is also a, a terrifying thought. Uh, Jacob deGrom ends up pitching three innings of scoreless baseball and struck out eight. Uh, so that explains how that went. The Cardinals, hilarious at the end when posting the final score, said, now the Mets give him run support because uh, they ended up losing 8 nothing. This is really funny stuff. Give that social media manager a raise. And my last thing from yesterday, 40-yard dash between a couple of NFL players yesterday. It was Miko Hardman, Henry Ruggs, Devin White, and Justin Jefferson who ran a 40. Uh, Miko Hardman ends up winning that, but... If I read those names again, you'll notice one thing is not like the others. Miko Hardman, Henry Ruggs, Devin White, Justin Jefferson. Still didn't catch it? Three of those four guys are wide receivers. Hardman won the race with a 4-2-2. He's a receiver. Henry Ruggs came in second with a 4-2-6. He's a receiver. Devin White is a freaking linebacker and came in third with a 4-3-7 time. You're a linebacker. The quality of Devin White and you also run a 4-3-7 is a terrifying thought. Justin Jefferson coming in fourth with a 4-5-0. So obviously, hats off to Nicole Hardman for winning the 40, but I think the star of the show was Devin White, a linebacker, running a 4-3-7. That'll do it for our Friday edition. Have a nice weekend. Enjoy your new music, music Friday. I'm moving down to Florida for the summer on monday so we'll be off on monday and tuesday very possible we're off on wednesday too that's when i start orientation so i'll talk to you guys next week